Hey, this is D. More than anything, I just want to let you know right now, look, whether you're a type 2 diabetic looking to control your blood sugar for yourself, the people that you love, or even crush this disease to live the life that you've always wanted, know right now that you have every single thing within you that it takes to crush type 2 diabetes on your own terms. Don't let anyone ever take that from you. And by all means, I'm super, super humbled and honored really just kind of to share with you this message right now. I'm absolutely stoked because look, let me just tell you right now that my heart is absolutely with you and you got this. All right. So because today we are going to be going over the revolution that people don't see coming and now you do. So you know what? Let's just get right into it. Hi, my name is Davis and I'm part of a group you've probably never heard of. We can't be defined by the mainstream is together we're the face of a movement. And because we all know that what type 2 diabetes can do to us and the people that we love, we want all the possibilities to live in the life that we deserve. Since we're fighting for ourselves, the people that we love and for one another, we have to play the game different. We have to play the game smarter because the faster we spread our message and help each other out, the faster we're saving lives. The faster we're saving lives, the faster we're saving families and the faster we're saving families, the faster people just like you and I change the world forever. So if no one's ever told you, let me be the first to tell you right now that you have every single right to live in the life that you've always wanted, that you have every single thing that it takes within you to crush type 2 diabetes on your own terms, and don't ever let anyone take that from you. Now, if you ask someone stuck in the past, they tell you what we're doing is impossible, yet it's happening every single day, all because we chose life over type 2, and these are our stories. Now, on a personal note, since we know what works for everybody is different, do not use any of this information to treat, cure, or diagnose type 2 diabetes or any other metabolic condition as any and all changes must come from your doctor's care. I'm simply sharing what's taken me from a total diet failure since I was a kid, then turned morbidly obese and diagnosed type 2 diabetic and ultimately told that I'd probably end up dying the same way that my grandfather did to completely turning everything around and now sharing everything in the hopes to save as many lives and the hopes to save as many families that deal and struggle with the same metabolic condition that I have. So if you haven't already, go ahead and like, subscribe, share this information, and let's get on with the show. Hey, it's Davis. Are you a type 2 diabetic? Have you ever gone from like diet to diet, you know, with like these different ups and downs, and in the end, you just wanted the freedom to be yourself, right? Or maybe you're like me, where you've, you know, gone online, and you watch all these other people, like Facebook groups, or on the internet, or whatever, completely turn a page, turn their lives around, and you're like wondering, like, Man, when's it finally going to be my turn, right? Look, if any of this sounds familiar to you, for you, I've made a 21-day free blood sugar challenge. That's right. It's a free 21-day blood sugar challenge, and you can get it right now at lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. That's lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. In it, I reveal all kinds of stuff that you'll probably never see anywhere else. Everything from like the highlighter trick that I use to completely shortcut the success behind a lot of these different type 2 diabetes diets out there without any of the headache, the strain, or any of the pressure and really the stalls and the breakups that a lot of these other people are going through with those diets, right? At the same time, I show you everything from like how I lost my first 75 pounds without any drugs, exercise, or any hardcore dieting whatsoever. And I even show you the three-step A1C shortcut. And you can get it all right now for free at lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. Again, that's lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. Hey, it's the and so yes, today I'm super, super humbled, honored, and stoked because we're gonna be going over the revolution that people don't see coming, and now you do, right? So, like, if you're anything like me, you know, if you haven't already, actually, you know what, real quick, if you haven't already, go ahead and like, you know, subscribe and you know, share this information because more than anything, this is like bigger than me. This is really about you know, all of us together because um, you know, I had this fascinating discussion today with a gentleman by the name of Doug Reynolds, and we're gonna go into that here in a second, but you know, it really just kind of opened up a huge 
paradigm for me in that, like, you know, every single touch that we have, you know, more than ever, like is that much more meaningful in that the things that we share and, and every, like, even just like holding open the door for someone and how that could be the catalyst for, you know, just even though it's something small, like that person can be having a really crappy day and how we can really just turn everything around. And we look at something, when we look at something so simple, right. And we take that on and we like now look at every other instance and where we can share that and what that means to type two diabetics. It's crazy. So here, let me just, let me put this things in perspective for you. Okay. So we now live in a day and an age where depending on where you are, when you hear this and really kind of like, you know, if you're a type two diabetic or you deal with type two diabetics, right. What we're up against, because here's the deal. Like, you know, when I was first diagnosed, um, you know, I had this healthcare provider, wonderful lady. Okay. Like beautiful inside and out and meant, her, she basically just wore her heart on her sleeve and was willing to pour it out and was willing to fight, you know, for what she believed in. You know what I mean? Wonderful lady. In fact, I'd be lying through my teeth right now if I didn't admit to you right now, like if her kind of biting my head off about me not taking care of myself, if she didn't do that, I probably wouldn't be here right now. Okay. Here's the challenge though. Okay. So when I was, you know, diagnosed or whatever, I had gone through all this different stuff. I only say this stuff to, you know, con for, for context It's not about me or whatever. I'm just trying to give you some context. Okay. So when I was first diagnosed, um, you know, basically went down the regular rap, you know, rabbit hole or whatever, given the same, um, you know, traditional information. And, you know, just like most folks didn't necessarily, you know, things, the medicine never got better. And a big part of that was probably because I'm horrible at taking my medicine. In fact, like I hardly ever took it. And so it really got to the point where, you know what, like I knew that I had to do something, but I failed at dieting. Um, by this point I had actually tried, you know, like raw vegan and even, uh, you know, juice fasting and it blew up in my face and, um, I needed to do something different. The hard part there is that like, it took me a while because I was always the big guy to actually like get, finally get back on the horse. And so when I finally did, and I actually started, you know, getting a little bit of results, um, I started doing, you know, um, slow carb, you know, then paleo, um, which actually my provider at the time was actually pretty cool with, you know what I mean? And then I got, I got okay. Um, I didn't really get the results that I wanted. And then that's when I started, you know, try, I first started keto. Okay. And, um, it was crazy because, um, I literally was eating super dirty keto, right? Like, like most folks, if you start off doing the whole keto thing, you know, you're doing a bunch of dirty keto and that's what I did. I basically was just eating a bunch of like fast food, you know, like drive through burgers and tacos and Chinese food and, um, just put butter and cheese on like everything. You know what I mean? Like hardly any, you know, carbohydrate whatsoever. Um, and you know, making basically all the, all the rookie mistakes and stuff like that. I wouldn't say rookie mistakes, but you know, just kind of starting off, right? Like, like a lot of us do. And so anyway, I walk in for my next appointment and you know, my provider back then, she's like, what did you do? And I was like, Oh, I'm like, why? You know? And I didn't, cause I didn't tell her what I was doing. Now, mind you, I stayed doing paleo and I was so scared because I was brainwashed from the whole 80s thing that I didn't start doing um, keto. I pushed it off, you know, for actually over 60 days. You know, we get tested every 90 days, right? So I, was, I told myself in the very beginning, I'm going to start like, you know, on this day. And I didn't. I pushed it off for 30 days. I was scared. Pushed it off another 30 days. And I only had like 30 days left and I pushed it off again. So I remained doing paleo and I only did keto for like three, three and a half weeks. I walk in there and my provider back then, she was just like, hey, you know, like, what'd you do? And I'm like, why? And she's like, you know, your, your cholesterol, your bad cholesterol is down. Your good cholesterol is up. And she goes, your blood sugar is totally normal. And, uh, I was like, yes, you know what I mean? And it was weird because right then and there, she's like, dude, what did you do? And I'm like, yo, I'm doing this keto thing. And the second I said that she was like, no. And I'm like, whoa, wait, what? You know what I mean? Like we've known each other by this time. We've known each other for a couple of years now. And like, 
I struggled with everything. And then one second I finally get an inkling, you know what I mean? Like, an, oh, all right, like things actually went, went my way and I did it 100% drug free. It was like, no, what you did was wrong. It's bad. And I'm like, whoa, what are you talking about? And bless her heart, you know, in full defense of her, this was a number of years back. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't like it is today. Okay. I mean, obviously, you know, like keto's everywhere. You know, like when you have a, you know, someone like Dr. Oz, which I didn't know at the time, who's actually one of the biggest, uh, you know, most renowned, um, you know, cardiologists, right? Heart doctors, you know, in the, in the nation, let alone possibly even the world. When he has people on his show showing off, you know, like the ketogenic diet and he's a cardiologist, you know, it says something, right? Well, anyway, or maybe it might be ratings. I don't know. But anyway, um, at the end of the day, um, it just wasn't where we are today. And in her defense, she was thinking like ketoacidosis and she was just like, I just had a, another patient in here who was, you know, uh, who was in the same state or whatever. And he ended up having to go to the ER. And so, you know, I didn't, I didn't really know what to do. And so, um, it was weird because I was always this guy that had issues with food. And so it kind of caused me to go like down this rabbit hole of going back and forth and, so I would do good, and then when I went bad, like, I went crazy bad. So I, I never really had a super good-looking blood panel, to be totally honest, because it was like, all right, let's go keto. And then, like, the second I would turn around, I'd be like, all right, you know, fried chicken, pizza, and ice cream. Let's dance. You know what I mean? Like, and when I say let's dance, I'm talking, like, extreme, extreme. Like I'm talking, like, super extreme, right? Well, let's forward, fast forward that on to today, where I had this gentleman by the name of uh, – or I had this talk, rather, with a gentleman by the name of Doug Reynolds. And I'm literally going to be re- releasing his conversation that we had together, um, you know, after uh, January, depending on when you hear this, uh, because I think it's going to be hugely transformative for a lot of people. And here's what I mean. OK, so um, Doug Reynolds is the CEO and founder of Low Carb USA. OK, and essentially what they are, are a platform where they are essentially going out and educating doctors. OK, um, where they're going out and educating doctors or holding conferences and they are essentially sharing all the positives, the science, the case study information, the, uh, you know, the scientific literature, um, you know, a lot of the before and after studies, uh, the testimonials of other doctors using this in their practice. And essentially it really got to the point where um, inside of this conversation he and I are having together, he stops and he goes, you know, because if you're anything like me, you know, type two diabetic and all. We're probably used to hearing about all these big class action lawsuits with, you know, these uh, medications, right? And, you know, everything from like, you know, wrongful death and, you know, like, uh, you know, amputation and, and, and kidney failure and all this other stuff. Well, anyway, you know, it's it's crazy because inside of that conversation, he's like, yeah, you know, he goes, can you imagine just how many people might be coming back around after their doctor and suing? You know, and obviously, like, you know, suing a doctor for what people believe is malpractice is nothing new at all. However, thinking of it from a type 2 diabetic standpoint, right, this whole standard of care thing and they're supposed to care. And, you know, we were talking about this because um, I was sharing the uh, the story of um, a couple of weeks ago or actually a while ago now that we had gotten our garage remodeled. And uh, one of the guys giving us a, a quote. Um, you know, kind of asked me what was on my shirt and like, long story short, I was like, yeah, you know, like, uh, he tells me his his mom was a type two diabetic. His wife is a type two diabetic. And that, um, you know, he's like, man, it's like literally his words were, it's like taking care of a baby. And I'm like, 
what do you mean? And he goes, yeah, you know, like her blood sugar is low and then she's got to do something to spike it real high. And then she takes a med and it spikes it really low. And then she's got to drink a juice and it spikes it real high. And, you know, she's just on this roller coaster and he's talking, you know, literally telling me about how his mom had gone through a number of different complications, amputations before, you know, ultimately succumbing and passing due to complications and how his wife is now on that same path. You know, and I shared with him the same story about my buddy George, who essentially was on that same path. He had one doctor who actually meant well and literally did the old, you know, finger in his chest kind of conversation. It was like, look, man, you got to do this. And George was a guy that, you know, when I met him, I mean, man, phenomenal shape. You know, he was jacked. He literally looked like a gentleman, I think, was in his 60s and looked like he walked out of a fitness magazine, you know, and then, um, you know, if you didn't hear the story or whatever, long story short, I'm like, dude, I, I literally just walked, ran into him one day and I'm like, sir, look, if I could look half as good as you at your age, you know, I think I'd have life figured out. And he starts laughing. He goes, hold on. He goes outside. He brings me a picture and a pair of jeans and these jeans or these pants, they're slacks rather. They look like a, like a parachute. You know what I mean? And uh, he showed him this picture. He's like, have you seen my friend? And I look down and this dude is huge. And I'm like, whoa. And he's like, it was him. And I'm like, oh, snap. I'm like, dude, that's you. And he's like, yeah, man. And I look up and he's holding these, these pants wide. You know And I'm like? Oh, my gosh. And he's telling me a long story short. You know, I'm type 2 diabetic, morbidly obese. And I'm like, wow, really? And he tells me about this talk that he had. Long story short, he's now, he's like, yeah, well, I can't really, you know, work out anymore. And I'm like, what? Wait, what, what? Like, how can someone that looks like you, that looks like, you know, they walked out of a fitness magazine, not work out anymore? He goes, yeah, you know, I'm starting this new whole dialysis thing. And I'm like, whoa, really? And he goes, yeah. Long story short. The initial doctor that kind of helped him and put his finger in his chest actually put him on a diet that was highly glycemic, okay? Uh, you know, fruit, yogurt, and oatmeal, and all this other stuff. And uh, unfortunately, it led him to, you know, to where he is now, where he has to go on dialysis. And when he started going on dialysis, and that he met a, a nephrologist, a kidney doctor, that changed his diet, doing a lot better now. Um, hearts out. Love this guy, right? Love this guy. And um, anyway... It made me think because when I say the revolution that people don't see coming, I'm part of a, you know, a handful of these different Facebook groups where people are fighting, you know, they see the good and then they're getting told one thing from their doctor, whether it's, you know, low carb, keto, whatever. Okay. And, um, they're basically getting like told not to do it or, and they're, they're being basically told a lot of, you know, like half, half, halfway in and halfway out information, if not being completely having to be in a position where they almost have to like fight with their doctor. Right. And it's hard because, you know, here we are, we're like, for at least a lot of us, we have like eating issues. We finally make a little bit of stride and all of a sudden, like the person that's, you know, we're supposed to be going to do for help is like, no, or, you know, like, yeah. And no, or, and it's, it's kind of like somewhat convoluted. And here's the deal. Okay. Now, Doctors are now being taught the benefits of, you know, low carb and uh, ketogenic eating. Okay. They're actually getting credits, uh, I think, for their educational, like, I think they're called CMEs or CMPs, whatever it is. I'm sorry. Um, if you actually go on Twitter, um, you can actually look at Doug's thing. I actually retweeted it because I love it. Um, and here's the funny part about that the more that I looked into that, ironically, the vegan folks are doing that too. Okay, the vegan folks are doing that too. Now, this is going to sound really weird. Okay, however, I'm going to be straight up with you in the fact that I'm actually a bit of a fan of it. And here's why. Okay, like I do not eat vegan. 
Okay, I'm not going to tell a, a type two uh, a type two diabetic to eat or to start off stuffing their face with a bunch of carbohydrates. Absolutely not. Okay, absolutely not. However, what I will say is that hey, look, you know, are you looking for a lot of vitamins and nutrients, and you want to do so in a very tight and concise, you know, caloric matter or whatever? Then yeah, you know, like plants are a phenomenal way of getting there. Okay, a phenomenal tool to have in your arsenal. Okay, and at the end of the day, here's why I'm a big fan of it. Okay, it allows us now to rip the covers off in ways that there were, it never was there before. Like so for so long, everyone was shrouded. Okay, everyone was completely shrouded, um, you know, in, in protecting the old way per se. Right. And then so keep in mind, like a lot of us and we, we were uh, Doug and I we were talking about the proliferation of type two diabetes and even like metabolic disease. And when you look at the implement implementation of like the the uh, the diet pyramid, right? Like, you know, you got to have like six to eleven, you know, grams of uh, you know, or servings of rather every single day of carbohydrate, of bread and pasta, and all this other stuff. And we look at the proliferation of everything from like obesity, type two diabetes, um, you know, um, Alzheimer's, which is now being you know considered and even classified type three diabetes, cancer. Um, it hockey sticks, you know, it, it almost matches the same exact trajectory. And it's crazy because now, here's what's funny about that. Now, because we live in a day and an age where information and technology is cutting the crap on everything, it's it's not like that's going to last forever. It can't, right? I mean, what are you going to do? Like walk up to a person who's turned their life around, whether it be like, you know, paleo, Mediterranean, keto, vegan, whatever. Okay, what do you do? Stare them in the face. They might even have a better blood panel looking than yours. They might have a better transformation story. Um, you know, maybe they don't even care about dietary politics and they're just happy. They have a good looking panel, a phenomenal life. They have a new lease on life, spreading that now, having more positive influence with the people they love and whether they live with that lifestyle or even just take inklings of or maybe even pieces and inspiration from their new mode of living. You can't deny what they're doing doesn't matter, you know, whatever. Right. And so now here's what's funny. And I know that some people are going to like people argue with me with, about me with this and they get their feelings hurt. However, they just don't see the other side of that coin. And here's what I mean. Okay. So when I say the, the beneficial part of plants, in fact, here, let me just step back and let me give you some real hands-on context. And let me just, just so we can get away because some people do have a, and I know at least I know I do, and I definitely want to be respectful of you, where you're at with your journey with type two, with your journey with food. And again, you know, any and all changes, you know, to any of your diet and exercise must come from your doctor. Um, I'm really just kind of like, you know, sharing um, everything that I can really more than, more than anything to, to quickly pull the yank, the covers back and give as many people that have the same metabolic condition that I have more ways to living their life, more chances to freedom, more ways to empower and educate themselves in ways that we were never once given before. Okay. So anyways, here we go. So let's step away from like eating and, and dieting and all this other stuff for a split second. Okay. So let me give, let me put it to you in some context of uh, maybe just something that you might be able to understand um, or at least maybe that you can maybe understand from, from my eyes. And so, um, you know, let me put it this way. So growing up as a kid, my, my um, being Asian and all, my, uh, my hero 
was not like, you know, Chuck Norris or Optimus Prime from the Transformers or even G.I. Joe. It was Bruce Lee. Okay. And, you know, um, Bruce Lee, I memorized like all his movies and all this other stuff. And so I wanted to like follow in his footsteps. I wanted to go to one of his style martial arts schools. I couldn't find a decent one around. My dad grew up going to doing karate. A good friend of mine, best friend at the time, a gentleman by the name of Leonard was taking Taekwondo was nice enough to take me to his school. They even let me have a couple of complimentary classes. I wanted to go. I told my dad about it. He didn't want me to take Taekwondo. He wanted me to take karate. Coincidentally, across the street, Caddy Corner, was the karate school. Long story short, I go there, okay? And I go there, and uh, anyways, um, I fully immersed myself, okay? It was a world where people from school didn't really know me, and I can basically immerse myself in a place where people didn't see me as the token fat kid and long story short, and I'll talk about more, talk about him and like some of the, the, the mindset and the, the frameworks that I'd got from him because I ended up meeting a guy who is now leading our country to their first um, Olympic games in 2020 in the sport of, uh, you know, karate. Okay. Um, in the Olympics. Okay. And anyways, um, Long story short, I started modeling the uh, the actions and the mindset of this gentleman and really the patterns that he was doing. And I literally just went from like, you know, token fat kid, part of the fat jokes to essentially getting ranked, you know, and, uh, you know, qualifying. And next thing you know, I'm like 17 years old and I am number two in the country, in the nation, in two different divisions. And ultimately was, you know, invited to... Um, to uh, to represent the U.S. in the Junior Olympics in Budapest, Hungary um, at that time. Not the AAUs, but the Worlds, okay? So that was huge for me. And at the time, I was, I was fully engulfed. I was training four or six hours a day. If I wasn't, if I didn't have anything to do with karate or martial arts, I just didn't touch it. You know what I mean? I was teaching classes, you know, the kids' classes and all this other stuff. Well, anyway... Fast forward, I got into college and my dad, my parents, they weren't in the financial position they are in now. And so I needed to draw the line because, you know, when it came to having a social life and going out with your friends and all this other stuff, it was literally the point where my dad was doing everything that he could to get overtime at the post office. And, you know, after taxes, you know, he'd maybe bring home like, what, 40, 50 bucks. And I couldn't just blow that out on a, on a night out with my friends or, you know, another like karate tournament or something. So... I literally just had to stop training and I had to, you know, work full time, go to school full time. And inside of that, I made friends with this guy named Steve. Steve, long story short, invites me to a, um, a Thai boxing class where, you know, they um, they're doing this uh, Thai boxing. And one of our friends, Taggart, um, was also a karate guy. So, you know, just like any really cool martial arts school, hey, come on in, give it a shot, whatever open arms, right? Like nobody, there's no ego inside of a school, or at least they shouldn't be to all the good schools. There should be no ego, yo, you know what I mean? And so, um, anyways, I get in there and before I did, my buddy Tiger goes in there and I don't know if he did good, didn't do good, whatever, but they're just, you know, they're ribbing him, giving a good time, right? Like, you know, just, are you gonna get a horse dance on us? Right. Anyway, anyways, so I go in there and next thing you know, because karate, we're so used to, um, closing the distance and, you know, and basically, um, exploding on an, on an opening, I was closing distance on these people. We were doing drills and I was just blasting them from the outside and they didn't see it coming, you know, cause they stand really almost kind of square and I was very perpendicular. So I was all over the place and they couldn't from the outside, they couldn't catch me. The beautiful thing about that is that the teachers 
they kind of saw this and they're very humble. They didn't want to like rub it in my face or they're being totally cool about it. And they're like, hey, that's kind of cool. At the same time, they're like, all right, guys, we're going to switch up the drills. And so they're doing this thing called a clinch. And I know this might sound weird, but I'm going to come full circle with this. Okay, hold on. So um, they, we, we, the clinch, if you don't know, is kind of like where you grab somebody by the back of their neck. You have both, both of your hands wrapped around the back of your neck, and they're basically your forearms into their chest. And basically, you can just start landing knees like crazy, right? And anyways, we start playing this game, and I get demolished. I get completely crushed. And we do these rotations. And next thing you know, I'm doing this with beginners in there that have maybe been in the boxing class. And mind you, it's like a family thing. So you got like soccer moms in there. You got college kids in there. You got little kids. You got, you know, high school kids. You got everybody, you got, you know, the single dad or, or you know, the, the whoever, right, is, is in there. Um, you know, the, the mother of three is in there, okay? Like whatever, right? Typical, you know, Orange County boxing family class. Anyways, um... I'm starting to get crushed, okay? And it dawned on me, like, man, like, somebody with four to five or maybe even six months of this kind of training, regardless if I was number two in the nation, regardless if I was invited to represent this country in front of the world, could crush me. And I was like, oh, wow, right? And it put me in this really weird place because they were super cool with it. They were like, hey, you know, like, awesome training, man. We hope you see it again. And, yeah, you know, like, maybe we can, like, you know, trade stuff off. And they were being too, super cool, super, super cool. And, um, you know, long story short, it now put me in this place where I was like, man, I almost started to question myself, like, did I just do all, like, that four, you know, to six hours a day for only Lord knows how many years? Like, was that all a waste? You know what I mean? And I almost had, like, this... I mean, clearly it wasn't a waste, but, you know, I had like these weird feelings where I was like, man, like, how can I get demolished like that? And uh, and so long story short, I didn't never really have a chance to get back into training. Um, and so or at least not really like full time. And so, you know, sure, I would stop by the school, wave hi, give everybody hugs. And in the interim, you know, maybe like took like a boxing class. And then um, it didn't really dawn on me until like later. Uh, my brother-in-law, Joey, um, was teaching he and his brothers, they had this team called Bring the Pain, and they were teaching these disenfranchised kids or these kids from the inner city, um, you know, mixed martial arts. It was a phenomenal program. If all they got was good grades, okay, they would get three coaches, a, bo- a striking coach, a wrestling coach, and a jiu-jitsu coach, okay? And long story short, man, I was introduced to a whole new world. If that little tie boxing thing was an inkling as to, you know, where I had holes in my game, okay, like... It didn't matter how hard I can I can leg kick so I can roundhouse kick somebody in the head, okay? Like if I'm flat on my back, okay, all of that stuff is one hundred percent out the window, okay? I think uh, it's a gentleman by the name of Henzo Gracie has this quote and it says, you know, every lion you can be the king of the jungle, okay? But if you throw you if I, you throw that lion a pool full of sharks, they're dead. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter, okay? And basically, like that's how I felt. Okay, now, come full circle, and I'll show you how and why this applies to dietary, whatever, and even ways of eating and resources that we have now have as a type 2 diabetic, okay? So to come full circle, um, my son, by this time I had a son, and my mother-in-law, um, you know, wanted to get him into, you know, out-of-school out of stuff or after-school stuff. We already tried, uh, we tried uh, soccer, and I think at this time she was like, hey, let's try Taekwondo. And I was like, dude, come on, man, you guys, like... I know martial arts people like no worries. And so anyways, 
Long story short, I end up reconnecting with my buddy, Akira. Okay. And the guy that I was, you know, that I trained with before. And when I saw him, the angles they were, they were, they were cutting the movement that they had was so lucid, so fluid. Um, it was like a completely new thing. He was teaching his children judo, jujitsu, and not only that, on the feet, the speed, the angles, the explosiveness, just things that I had never seen before, like not even close, okay? Now, let me put this in perspective, okay? This is a lot like how back in the 90s, we may have been told if we wanted to go to like a self-defense class, we would see people like, you know, doing things with like wooden dummies or, you know, these like flutter kicks, you know, hitting these, like these boards and like doing these weird things and like taking these self-defense classes for women where they would make like a palm and be like, no, no, no. You know what I mean? Like it just, and that stuff sounded cool, but in today's world, we know it doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like now with the way that women have been empowered with martial arts, you can clearly say, hey, no, like, go for the groin and make a hammer fist. Don't use the palm of your hand. Make a fist, a hammer fist, and, like, hammer the person in the face. And whether you, you know, if you just take your finger and touch where your eye is, touch your temple, touch your lips, touch your nose, touch, you know, the side of where your ear is, and imagine somebody doing a hammer fist there, it doesn't take a lot of, work to you know shatter somebody's nose to give somebody a black eye to to crack them in the temple and it doesn't have to be the prettiest hit ever but it's simple straightforward and effective right in fact like the ufc the ultimate fighting championship when we now look at what used to be what used to be this crazy barbaric thing with and it was rampant with like you know all these crazy you know, shots to the groin and people taking all these steroids to now it's in a time and a place where, you know, USADA, basically the same group that does the Olympic testing for Olympic athletes is now, you know, testing these people, the athletic protocols and the science and stuff like that. They're borrowing a lot of the science from like major league baseball, the best of, you know, NFL and, and all this other stuff. And they're in the Olympics and they're bringing it all together for this one sport transcends all that stuff to where now if somebody does some weird flutter kicky thing, you know, spins around 25 times and like hits a, a board like this thinnest, you know, paper or does this thing with like a wooden dummy or whips out like glitter nunchucks or shows like, no, 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 like self-defense. We all look at it like that's cute, but it's not, you know, it's a waste of time, right? Now, when it comes to food, we're now in that space. We're now in that time, that era, that place, right? And here's what I mean. Okay. For the longest time, and I was actually kicked out of a lot of different ketogenic groups because of this, um, simply because I went on this free thing called the Google, you know what I mean? The internet. And, uh, actually at the time it was a thing called Reddit, right? Reddit's still around. And I actually found that people who maybe had intolerances to meat, or maybe because of their religious background, right? Maybe they were a Buddhist or maybe they were a Sikh or something like that. Or maybe, you know, maybe they just had a, you know, a bad taking the meat or whatever, certain proteins or whatever were doing 
vegetable based versions of keto. Now, obviously that's like old news, right? Like you can go on YouTube and see like vegan keto. There's actually a, a doctor on the number one podcast for keto, which is, you know, the keto talk for with Jimmy Moore, the doc, right? And the doctor that they have on, there's a gentleman by the name of Will Cole. Okay. And Will Cole, he has this book out called Ketotarian. Okay. And the beautiful thing about his work is that not only does he use it in practical application with patients every single day. Okay. He's one of these people that put it all out there. Okay. Whether it's zero carb or even, you know, dirty keto, clean keto, whole foods, keto, or even a plant-based a mainly, you know, mainly plant-based version of keto. It completely turns the tables on what we once thought had to be keto, which, you know, at least I know when I started was, was just, you know, a bunch of over an overabundance of protein and, you know, a bunch of like, you know, bulletproof coffee, put like a stick of butter in your coffee or whatever. Um, you know, that's all changed, right? We're not in that place anymore. Um, and I say that's beautiful. And here's also why, when I say that I'm a fan of even the vegan folks going out there and giving these doctors the same credits, although I don't follow a vegan thing. And I'll tell you right now, like I am not, again, I wouldn't start by giving a type two diabetic, a bunch of carbohydrates at all. Okay. I would not do that. Um, however, again, are plants powerful? Yes. Do I eat them every single day? Yes. Are they a phenomenal source? Um, you know, a phenomenal source of vitamin and nutrition. Yes. I mean, let's look at something like an avocado. Okay. It's, um, you know, anti-inflammatory it's, you know, high in vitamins, nutrition, I'm sorry, uh, nutrients, vitamins like a D E and K right? or I'm sorry, a E and K, right? Because it's fat. It's, uh, you know, it's full of healthy fats, right? Also good for the brain, also good for the heart, also good for the, the eyes and the skin. At the same time, it helps with the uptake of other fat-soluble vitamins like A, D, E, and K, okay? I use sage, okay? Sage is known for, it's like metformin-like effects, okay? Plants, okay? High five, plants, no big deal, okay? Like no politics in any of that stuff, okay? In fact, if we look at case studies on everything from like, you know, sulforaphane, um, you know, um, sage, rosemary, uh, you know, garlic and all this other stuff. And we get away from putting a label on something. And look, the actual ingredients, these ingredients, a lot of them being plants, there's a lot of phenomenal and undeniable benefits that not only, you know, everybody can get more specifically type two diabetics fighting this condition that we have can absolutely use in our arsenal. And the reason why I say I'm actually also a fan of them pushing in that direction. Here's why. Okay. When we understand that we're not in the same place, even with the low carb ketogenic world that we just were just a couple of years ago. Okay. Not only is it going to push the science, the trial and error, people learning the smart way, the hard way, and everything in between, the faster we can actually vet out and lay all of that stuff on the table and the faster that we can just yank the covers off. Okay. Cause you know, by all means, I'm a, don't get me wrong. Like I am a big supporter of everybody with this disease and everybody who really is helping people just like you and I fight this thing. Okay. And what I mean by that is that I sincerely believe that nobody's ego should ever get in the way of our health, that nobody should ever waste our time, that nobody should ever have us jumping through a bunch of hoops that we shouldn't be jumping through. And the faster that we can actually just put that stuff out, out in the open where, where, you know, everybody can see it and everybody can light it on fire 
right? To see whether it not only resonates with them, but to see if it actually applies to them, right? I'm not just in a statistical matter, matter, right? Because obviously like some people might say, Hey, look like, um, you know, um, people, you know, people ate this way and they got X, Y, Z results. Well, Hey, just like in the same way, when we look at these professional athletes, right? Different people have different strengths, right? Some people are pre-genetically disposed a particular way. You ever see somebody that's tall? You ever see somebody that's short? You ever see somebody that like puts on muscle or no, almost no matter what they eat, right? A lot of these things we don't have control of, right? However, they're undeniable, yet they're tangible. Like we can put our hands on them, right? Like I have friends that are linky and tall. I have friends that are muscular and tall. I have friends that are like super short. I have family that's super short, okay? And yeah, by all means, I have some people who can almost eat whatever and they don't put any weight on whether it's fat or muscle and I have other friends who they can eat dang near anything and they put on muscle. Okay. Same exact thing. And when we understand that, okay, when we understand that and when we put all this information out there and let it vet itself out, and here's a big reason why I'm a huge fan of letting it vet itself out. Okay. Is because at the end of the day, them going that deep, that high, hard, and heavy is going to raise the tide. And it ra- when we raise the tide, it raises the tide of all ships. Okay? Look, I don't know about you, but if I have a metabolic condition that can ultimately kill me, I don't want to put myself in a box. I want to have as many resources as possible, whether they're all you know, low carb, let's say I go, you know, zero carb, let's say I go ketotarian. And that's just one part of the spectrum, right? If we now look at everything else and forget the entire, even if we ignore the entire internet and just look at like the book section on Amazon and we look at vegetarian, pescatarian, you know, paleo, Pritikins, you know, whole 30 Mediterranean, um, you know, zero carb, both sides of zero carb, right? Where they're just like, you know, eat meat and drink water or even the keto keto part where they're going zero carb and they're still trying to use fat one way or another to hit macros, right? Or even on the other side of the spectrum where it's not just vegan, but even the vegan camps are divided, right? You've got um, the, uh, the Newcastle side, right? Which is basically, hey, just eat, you know, very low calories of non-starchy vegetables, right? Um, which, hey, that's cool. Um, at the same time, there's fruitarian. Now, honestly, with some of the press that, you know, fruitarian is kind of getting right now, I don't really know if I'd stick by it, especially if I'm, I, I honestly don't, I, I honestly know 100% would say that I don't think that a type two diabetic should be eating a whole bunch of bananas and pineapple. However, However, some people just might be pre-genetically disposed to do okay with higher amounts of carbohydrate, right? If somebody doesn't want to look at, um, actually, I would actually give you two resources if you want to see, but I would cut the crap on that. Um, one of them obviously is the most obvious, which is a blood meter. Okay. So put strap a blood meter onto somebody. Okay. Stick that food in your mouth. If it blows up, well, you, the good news is, is you found out right then and there. You don't have to put yourself through that over and over and over. Okay. Um, and I say that's another huge why I love this revolution because now that we have, actually, hold on, let me finish this other, other thought real quick. So um, when I talk about, um, um, you know, being able to test, 
right? Let's take a step back here. So number one is going to be a glucose monitor. Number two is going to be the, the work of Dr. Dan Reardon. Okay. Dr. Dan Reardon. Um, he's here out of Los Angeles. Um, if you, and I think he's, there's other, um, doctors that essentially do the same with genetic testing. Okay. So for example, when I made my little circle around and I took my little break off of, you know, super, super low carbon, really started testing metabolic flexibility and looking, you know, again, even at the work of like, you know, doc, uh, you know, not, not, uh, Mark Sisson. And, um, I started looking at other paleo sites. I actually came into a case study where there was these Samoans who, um, didn't have type two diabetes, type two diabetes. And they had a, a, um, a diet very high in carbohydrates, mainly taro, the taro root and fish. Okay. Taro root, coconut fish. Okay. And which is weird because for a lot of people that kind of breaks a lot of the rules, right? You're like, wait a minute, man, like high carbohydrate. They didn't have type two diabetes. And you're like, okay. Then you're like, they're eating fish, taro, and then coconut, but coconut is high fat. Taro is high carb. And you're like, wait, and they weren't really having all these issues until Western dieting came in, right? It kind of changes everything. You know what I'm saying? And it says, hey, like, what did my, what's going to make, what does my body actually need? And what is, how am I genetically predisposed? Well, anyways, if you want to look at the work of something like that, Dr. Dan Reardon, if you are familiar with keto, okay, the keto world, uh, you've probably already heard of his work, right? So for example, a perfect example is Ken Berry. If you heard his, I think it's like, what have I learned? And he talks about, um, it's a YouTube video with Ken Berry where he talks about he had done some genetic testing where he does essentially you know, zero carb. However, his wife does keto and why? Because they did, you know, genetic testing. Um, you know, Dr. Dan Reardon is a gentleman that helps with that. Um, initially I actually first heard of Dr. Reardon's work by a name, uh, by a gentleman by the name of Ben Greenfield. Okay. Ben Greenfield fitness. Um, absolutely highly suggest his work. Um, I believe he was one of the athletes. If you look at Jeff Volick, who did a case study on ketogenic athletes over a year, um, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he was one of the athletes. Okay. Um, but anyways, yeah. Um, huge, huge resource. Now let me pull things full circle. Okay. Let me bring that full circle around now because we can now, we have everything from, you know, technology that we can now wear. Okay. Stick something in our mouth and push a button. We can see what's actually working. Okay. Regardless of the dietary spectrum, what part of the, you know, part of whatever people land on. Okay. We can literally find out just like that. Okay. We can also do an entire myriad of testing to see just how well we're improving as type two diabetics, right? Everything from the LPIR, right? Lipoprotein insulin resistance, uh, you know, test. We can do the uh, CMP, right? A comprehensive metabolic panel in which we can check our ALT, right? We can check our C peptide levels. We can check our insulin our fasting insulin test, right? We can also, um, check our HOMA, IR test, right? Our homeostatic or homeostasis or homeostatic, um, insulin resistance test, right? And so there's so many different ways that we can now just yank. Okay. Just yank the covers off, right? And literally address what we need in the same exact way that, you know, going back to the whole martial arts example, or even athlete example, we know that different athletes and different people have different strengths, right? We know, and we all undeniably see that different people have different genes, right? We're all pre-genetically disposed a little bit different, meaning that we all have 
our own individual physiological fingerprint. Okay. And to deny that something like that exists is to literally deny something like people aren't allergic to foods or somebody's not tall and somebody's not short or somebody doesn't have a certain taking to foods and how some people don't have certain tolerances to foods. Right. And now, now not only does that change from person to person, but that changes from person to person also over time. Right. Like, I don't know about you, but if you're anything like me, I'm not my, I'm like, you know, I'm in my forties. I'm not in my college years anymore. And so, and I don't even drink in my college years. Sure. I could probably hang. I wasn't like, you know, super drinker guy, but I was definitely, you know, kind of a little off the wall and, um, I can get a little bit goofball-y and, and, uh, yeah, if now, if you were to give me like a cork of my wife's or my, my mother-in-law's wine and I sniffed it, I'd probably be like two sheets to the wind. Okay. So now the reason why I say that this revolution is coming not only are the people that we now go to for help, not only is their landscape changing, right? Undeniably, now that more people just like you and I are coming out of the woodwork, not only are people just like you and I becoming more and more educated, even if we run into an old school provider with a head like a brick, okay? Because we know that information and technology is moving things faster and faster and whether it even be like the XYZ diet guru know it all from like five years ago, five days ago, five months ago, the second they put themselves in a position that they think that they know it all or that this is the end all be all, all they've really ever identified is where they've, where they've chosen to level off and where they're going to get left behind because unless people stop learning, unless people stop pushing the envelope, unless technology stops in its place in regards to health, science, medicine, metabolic disease, the pushing and the sharing and the spreading of information, the pushing and the spreading of the platforms of giving people just like you and I a voice where we never had one before. Well, what do you think is going to happen to those people? Of course, they're going to get left behind. And it's not a bad thing. More than anything, they can always, just like you and I, can say, hey, it's not the 80s anymore. Maybe I don't need the Zach Morris hairstyle anymore unless I really want to rock it again, right? That we can now make, it's more of any, more than anything, an empowering decision because we can now see that going on around us, around us and say, hey, I want to be a part of this wave. I don't want to fight it and get left behind and get drowned. No, man, I want to ride this thing. You know what I mean? And not only that, like I want to go out and turn around and I want to help others by helping them ride this wave as well, because I sincerely believe that nobody should be left behind. This isn't about dietary politics. This isn't about my diet is better than yours. This is 100% about the undeniable truth that, Hey, look, we as individuals are going to progress over time. We're going to age over time. Our health requirements are going to age over time. And so not only do we deserve every single shot at having the life that we've always wanted and deserve, right? So do the people that we love. So do the people that have the same thing that we have. And so do everyone else that wants that shot. So anyways, I absolutely hope that serves you well. Um, yeah. Um, my heart is 100% with you. Um, go ahead and make sure that you share this information. Uh, look forward to, uh, you know, Doug Reynolds' work. Um, I'm going to have a really cool talk with him. Or actually, I'm, I'm going to publish it. I already had it. And uh, hey, you know what? Let me just tell you right now, if I haven't already told you, 
Look, whether you're looking to do this for yourself or the people that you love, know right now that my heart is with you. Okay. And that as long as I'm alive, that, um, you will always have a supporter in me. All right. And let me tell you right now, um, you know, hopefully we meet one day or whatever. Um, but you know, more than anything, know right now that I'm, I'm honored to have you, um, as, as a part of this. And I just want you to know that my heart is with you and that I believe in you and that you do have every single thing to crush type two diabetes on your own terms. All right. So anyways, I hope you like that one and I'll definitely catch you in the next one later.